You're tuned in to the Morning Blitz. All they do is sit around and talk. On 102.5 U-Rock and the Rocking M app. Central Time, 7.35 Mountain Time here on a Wednesday. Glad you're with us. Once again, 15 on our way to a high of 86. Another beautiful fall day on tap. We welcome into the program our good friend, Dan Lucero, who joins us now on the phone. Good morning, Dan. Uh, How's life treating you this week? Good morning, Ross. I am doing well, and I I hope that uh, you and uh, our listeners can say the same. I hope so. As I I hope so, and I think we all are. Uh, It's a beautiful day out here in western Kansas. I want to start with Patrick Mahomes, Dan. They restructure his deal. He gets $52.6 million guaranteed for the next four years. What are your thoughts on this deal getting done, and how does it impact the Chiefs, the rest of the roster, going forward, if at all? I don't know that there's too much impact on the 2023 Chiefs roster other than it does open up a little bit of cap space if they need to do some maneuvering or if they maybe make a midseason trade or a midseason addition. They've got now some salary cap room to play with where they really didn't before. It's not a lot, but it's more than they had. Um, As far as the timing of it, getting this done now, was always inevitable that they were going to do something to make sure that Mahomes was paid commiserately with what he is, which is the best quarterback in football. I think after the dust had settled on the big contracts that got done this offseason, because, you know, Lamar Jackson got his money. Justin Herbert got his money, and Joe Burrow got his money, and and all well-deserved for those guys to get their big contracts. But I think it came to be that Mahomes was something like the fifth-highest-paid quarterback in the league, maybe maybe even lower on the list than that, and that's obviously because there's nobody better than he is. So the Chiefs have that understanding. There's a great relationship between Mahomes and the Chiefs, uh, between Mahomes' representation and the Chiefs' front office understanding that something was going to get done so that Mahomes would stay ahead of the market once the dust settled on some of the big contracts uh, that were going to be handed out to some stars this offseason. And it got done, and now Mahomes is where he belongs, on the list of highest-paid quarterbacks. He's at the top. If you're Chris Jones, how do you feel about this deal getting done after you sign a different deal and we're looking for a long-term one? That's a good question. I don't know that it really is uh, negatively impact. I, I, I think you have, probably have a pretty good understanding that the quarterback plays by different rules, and that especially the star quarterback. And if that star quarterback in particular has won two MVPs and two Super Bowl MVPs, that you know they're 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 going to get taken care of as a higher priority than anybody else on the roster that that's football. I mean, you understand as soon as you get into high school football, you understand the quarterback, the star quarterback plays by different rules and, and gets taken care of differently. So, so I, I don't know that that would sure it wasn't a shock necessarily to uh, Chris Jones. I think Chris Jones has, but one thing on his mind after he came back, uh, judging by the way he played Sunday in Jacksonville. And that is wrecking shop. Every time he's on the field, he was, 
defense on Sunday. And if he's their best defensive player 15 more times, either the Chiefs or somebody else are going to give him the payday he wants next year. Dan Lucero, our guest here on the Morning Blitz. What are your thoughts on the Kansas City wide receiving core through two games? They obviously haven't put up great numbers. Uh, They were better at catching the ball in week two than they were in week one, which was a positive sign. I, there's a lot, like they have seven NFL caliber wide receivers. That's really rare. Many teams don't even keep seven wide receivers. And a lot of teams that do the wide receivers like that, and seventh on the depth chart, those are core special teams guys more than their, you know, route running pass catchers. So I think the Chiefs are in a space, and maybe those wide receivers are too, where you're trying to figure out where you fit, what you do best, what the role is going to be in the offense, and how many snaps you're going to get on a week-by-week basis. And I think that's the kind of thing that's going to settle itself as the season goes on and guys are going to get more comfortable. I think it's a really talented group that just kind of needs to – find its collective and individual niches and once it does and and once uh Mahomes is comfortable with those guys running those routes and and being in those roles uh the offense is going to take off what do you think becomes the number one wide receiver for Mahomes by the time season's end you know is it funny to Justin Watson uh because I think Justin Watson is his most wide receiver right now that doesn't mean best I just think that when Mahomes looks down the field right now, and if Travis Kelsey isn't out there, if we're just talking about wide receivers, uh, Justin Watson's the guy he trusts, uh, I think, above any of the other guys to make a play. When he threw that interception, that deep ball out of frustration uh, that got picked off against the Jaguars on Sunday, Justin Watson was the target. Uh, big third down and long conversion on a, on a drive that ended up a touchdown drive, Justin Watson was the target. So I don't think he's necessarily going to lead the team in receptions or anything, but I think he's the most trusted wide receiver they've got right now. If you're asking me who's going to be like the most productive of the wide receivers, I still think that's probably going to be Sky Moore. Uh, even though he no-showed week one, uh, you saw his ability in week two, three catches for 70 yards, including the game sealer on that third down in the fourth quarter. Uh, I still think he's a guy that takes a big step forward in year two. Our good friend Dan Lucero joining us now here on the Morning Blitz. I want to change gears, go to Kansas State football. Yesterday, Chris Kleiman met with the media, had a chance to talk about a plethora of injuries, including losing Daniel Green for the season, Treshawn Ward for a game or so, Will Howard might be out for a while. How much do these injuries impact Kansas State's chances of trying to uh, of trying to go back to the Big 12 title game like they were hoping to do? Well, obviously Howard's the big one. If he's out for any extended period of time, that's a big problem because he's a big deal. He's a really, really good player. Uh, I think they can beat UCF without him on Saturday. UCF's down to their backup quarterback too. And I think Avery Johnson is going to be good. I think if they you know, cut him loose and he's not just out there to be the gimmick run package guy and actually they let him you know, run the offense, I think he will do the job. I really think highly of the true freshman out of Mays. But over the long haul, yeah, you'd, you'd much rather have Will Howard. So if he's got to miss a game to make sure that he doesn't miss more than that and re-aggravate the injury or make then then that's a sacrifice Howard and, and, and the Wildcats are probably going to have to make. Daniel Green is a big loss. That's a heart and soul player on that defense. And when you add in the injury to Jake Clifton that, uh, that he's currently dealing with, 
the linebacking group just got really, really young for K-State. You're, you're talking about Austin Moore, who, who's a veteran and now who becomes hugely important. You've got Desmond Purnell, who's played well, Topeka, Kansas kid, Hayden Catholic High School. He's played well uh, to, start the, uh, to start the season. But then you've got, like, true freshmen on the depth chart after that to fill in those roles. So uh, they really need Jake Clifton to get healthy. They're going to miss Daniel Green a lot. That's a big loss. You, you could hear it in the voices of the players who talked yesterday out in Manhattan that they're crushed. They hurt for him, and uh, they want to they wanna play great, and they want to play well for him. I've said here the last couple of days that this this these first Big 12 games for both Kansas State and KU are challenges. I mean, UCF can put up points even with a backup quarterback, and BYU is a very old, mature team because of who they are, and they're a very tough team. They just went to Arkansas and won. I mean, these are two very challenging games that so will Big 12 play for both of the state's uh, colleges, right? They are, certainly. Um, now, both Kansas and Kansas State are favored. I've been surprised to see the point spread for KU as high as eight, eight and a half, nine points. Like that's that's a lot of points for Kansas to be favored by in a league game for me. That's still something I'm having trouble wrapping my head around, given what Kansas has been for so long. But uh, yes, they are. To, to answer your question, they're they're both challenging games. Now BYU was kind of fortunate. Uh, that Arkansas, with, without their best offensive player, and made a ton of mistakes. But you also have to take advantage of another team's mistakes, and BYU showed that they could do that. And uh, if Kansas makes the same mistake, they should expect that BYU will pounce. Uh, for UCF, they serve uh, John Rice Plumley, their uh, their starting quarterback, but they've got a lot of discussions, and uh, that's something that Kansas, after giving up all the plays and the loss to Missouri, uh, or Kansas State, I should say, uh, they're going to have to clean that up and, and make sure that they don't give up nearly as many explosives either in the running game or in the passing game to a team that can hurt you with speed. He is Dan Lucero, once again our good friend, joining us here on the Morning Blitz. Dan, it's always great to catch up, my friend. Have a great rest of your week. Hey, my pleasure, Ross. We'll talk soon. Once again, great stuff there from Dan Lucero. All right, we'll take a final timeout. Tess Smith is already in studio. She's early. She'll join us next here on the Morning Blitz.